the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's the Nick D Podcast, um, and uh, we are on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick DeGilio. It is episode number 81 as we continue here. And uh, when Esmeralda arrives, it's the, the official spooktacular episode. Um, we've been doing Halloween-related uh, stuff on every episode here in the month of October, which is the best month of all time. October is my favorite month of the year. That's when fall really kicks in. The weather is no longer oppressively hot. I hate the summer. I hate it with every fiber of my being. And I love the fall. And we don't get enough of fall here in Chicago where I'm located. And we get a very little taste of fall, of proper autumn weather. It usually goes from 850 degrees uh, with, you know, 50,000% humidity. In other words, oppressive, disgusting heat to 90 below with ice everywhere and 55 feet of snow. And there's usually nothing in between here in Chicago. But every once in a while, you know, we'll get some nice fall weather. And we've had it pretty, pretty much here. It's my favorite time of year. And Halloween is my favorite holiday of the year. And I love to celebrate it. And, uh, on each, and for each and every episode that we've had here in October, and go back and check out the last few, uh, we've done some Halloween-related and some scary-related stuff. Well, um, we have no guests, uh, no special guests today, as we always do. We usually have uh, uh, one guest um, that I interview and have fun with and whatever that topic is, or, or if it's a semi-regular guest or a new guest or a celebrity or whatever. And then um, the second part of the show is always me and Esmeralda hanging out and just shooting the shit and having some fun and talking about some cool things and, and having a good time. And uh, we've been doing all Halloween-related stuff. So today is the official extended visit with Esmeralda so that we do all sorts of Halloween horror and scary things. And we'll have a visit from Count Farchula, and we'll do some scary sounds, and uh, we will talk about all kinds of Halloween-related scary stuff for the official Spooktacular. And we'll continue to do Halloween-related things for the next couple of podcast episodes that will uh, finish out the month of October. But today, sort of like just me and Esmeralda, uh, having some fun talking about scary stuff, Halloween stuff, October-related stuff on uh, on the show. So that's what's coming up. Uh, if you want to be a part of this podcast, we'd love you to be a part of the podcast. 24-7, anytime, any day, any way, anywhere, anyhow, any day, anytime, you can contact us with your thoughts, your questions, your comments, um, your contributions, any of that kind of stuff. Voicemail us anytime. The voicemail message machine is open 24-7. We listen to every voicemail that comes in, and I play many of them back on the podcast. So uh, you'll, they will be heard, and they will be played back in some cases. So please, at any time, leave your voicemails at 773-417-6948. Leave that voicemail right now, 773-417-6948. If you have a request for the 
megaphone message. I happen to have a very weird megaphone here that my friend Jason Skaggs got for me, um, which we've been having a lot of fun with. And we've been doing special uh, messages that the podcast uh, subscribers and listeners have been requesting. And I've been doing very specific messages. I have one coming up here, Esmeralda Nights. I got a request from someone for a special message, a very Halloween-related message. And if you want me to give you to, to record a very special weird megaphone message that you would like to hear, leave your uh, your thoughts there via email too. Uh, send an email to nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. Any questions, any comments, anything you got a megaphone message you want to hear on the the podcast, email us at nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. You want to be a sponsor? We reach a lot of people, and if you would like to advertise with us, you can contact us at sales at radiomisfits dot com. Drop us a note, sales at radiomisfits dot com. Hey. I want, a pod, I want to sponsor out the podcast. I want to advertise on the podcast. People will be help, you, help you out with that. And we would love to have you as part of the show in the world of advertising and in the world of sponsorship. So sales at radiomisfits.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who, by the way, will be joining us uh, on the podcast here. Um, coming up, man, let me look this up real quick. Coming up in, uh, uh, I think it's the first, no, the second podcast in November. Uh, we got requests. Jason Skaggs is the guy who does all the music. So the opening theme, the congratulations theme, the Esmeralda theme, my dad's joke, all the regular themes for uh, all the themes for our regular, you know, uh, uh, guests like uh, uh, Dan Feinberg and uh, um, and Dana DiLorenzo and all the other uh, great guests, Jim Ryan, all that stuff. He's the guy who does all the themes and all the crazy, goofy stuff uh that skaggs does well he's he's people requested like we want to know more about jason skaggs so we're going to get everything you ever wanted to know about jason skaggs he's going to be joining me on uh, the episode uh, 84 which will drop on the 4th of november so jason skaggs the man the mystery and by the way jason skaggs is actually flying in he lives in houston and he's flying in for the big event on november uh, 15th and that is uh, our uh, event at zany's in rosemont and um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a really cool uh, big event coming up. And Jason's flying in. He's going to be live on stage with us. He will be performing all of the themes. Uh, uh, he'll be doing my dad's joke theme because my dad's going to come up and tell a joke live on the stage at Zany's. And he's going to do the opening theme. He's going to do the Esmeralda theme. He's going to be there just to hang out whenever we need a punch for music. He's going to be our, uh, like, you know how, you, uh, how the late night shows have their little band? Well, we're going to be live on stage, me and Esmeralda. And Jason Skaggs is going to fly in from, from Houston to do the live music. It's going to be a big night. We really want you to come out. Uh, this, is, this, is, you know, this is a really big deal. We really want to pack the place. So please, if you can hear my voice, tell your friends and everybody to come out to Zany's in Rosemont, a classic, legendary comedy club in Rosemont, uh, Zany's. And we are going to be on stage, me, Esmeralda, live on stage uh, doing what we always do on the podcast, having some fun, telling some classic stories, getting you involved. The audience is going to be there. We have prizes that we're going to give away from Apt Electronics, uh, gift cards from Apt Electronics, uh, Gale Street Inn, the greatest restaurant on the planet, Jefferson Park. Check out GaleStreet.com. George Karzis is the man. Best ribs you'll ever have. Best food ever. Those people have been kind enough to provide us with some gift cards that we're going to be handing out as prizes. We'll have some fun trivia and goofy stuff like that. You will be a part of the podcast. It'll be recorded, and it will be out there forever in the annals of podcast history for you to hear and listen to. We're going to have special guests and surprises. My dad is going to come up at the end of the show, tell a couple of jokes live. My dad is 81 years old, as you know, every Tuesday on this podcast. My dad uh, joins us to tell a joke because he's the joke teller, and he's been telling jokes forever. 
and he's going to come up on stage in a comedy club. This will be the first time ever that my dad has ever got up on stage, not just in any comedy club, but at Zany's, one of the most legendary comedy clubs in the history of comedy clubs. And my dad, 81 years old, is going to get up on stage and close the show by telling a couple of jokes. So you got to see that. I mean, if anything, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not worth a, a shit. Esmeralda's awesome. And if you really, my dad is going to be up on stage telling a joke, telling a couple of jokes at the end. So uh, get in there and see it. And, and there's going to be a lot of surprises. And we have a surprise guest that has just been booked, a legend, um, this person. And I'll, give you, I'll drop you a hint. I'm going to be dropping you a hint or two sprinkled throughout each podcast leading up to November 15th. Uh, and let's just say that this person who will be joining us, our surprise guest, you could describe this person as a quote-unquote patriot. So, uh, and, it, uh, and an amazing guest, an amazing guest. So trust me on this, the big surprise guest. A lot of surprises will be, will be a part of the podcast recording, the live edition. Uh, but this is our special surprise guest, the one big surprise guest. And this is this person is amazing, a legend, guaranteed to be some of the most entertaining stuff that you will see on stage between me, Esmeralda, and this person ever. It's a great, great guest. And again, you could describe this person as a patriot. So that surprise guest is going to be there. You're going to be there. Um, it's on Tuesday, November 15th, Zanies in Rosemont, the Nick D Podcast Live. Tell all your friends, tell all your neighbors, let's pack the place so uh, get your tickets now. You can call the box office at 847-813-0484. Again, box office, 847-813-0484. Or you can reserve your seats now. Reserve them now. We want to make sure that you get in there on Tuesday, November 15th, 730. It all starts at Zanies and Rosemont. Nick D. Podcast Live. Uh, get your tickets at the website, too. So rosemont.zanies.com. rosemont.zanies.com. See my dad come up on stage, tell some jokes at the end. Me and Esmeralda talking about some stuff, having some fun, telling some classic stories. Jason Skaggs live on stage as the in-house band doing all the themes. And a special surprise guest that is a real treat, and I'm not kidding. And then you will be a part of it, too. Interaction, all that fun stuff. So, again, Zanies in Rosemont, Tuesday, November 15th at 7.30, the Nick D Podcast Live. Get your tickets right now. So there you go. Uh, Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. I know you do. Hi, I'm Carrie love. Russell, I and I love Nick's show. So thank you, Carrie. And, uh, and again, we're very excited about this. And, and this is the first. And if, we, and if this turns out to be very successful and we get a nice crowd, we're going to try and do this once a month. We want to make it a regular thing. So it's important on this first one that we get some huge support. So if you're listening, I expect you, you to be there and your friends and your neighbors and everybody. So let's pack the place. Tuesday. November 15th, 7.30s, 80s, and Rosemont. Okay. Um, it is uh, Halloween time. And, uh, if, you know, you listen to me regularly. If you did back when I was on the car wash that used to be a radio station, uh, you know that I love horror movies. They're my favorite. We've been talking about scary stuff, and we'll continue to talk about scary stuff. And it's officially the spooktacular, which will be coming up um, in just, uh, just a couple of seconds. But uh, there have been um, some, uh, some, some interesting responses to the new Halloween movie. Now, if you know me, you know that I cannot stand the reboots of the Halloween movies. The original Halloween movie from 1978, John Carpenter's Halloween, is, I think, the best horror film ever made. Uh, one of the most important movies of all time. Um, one of the landmark achievements in the history of cinema. And it is the movie that changed my life. I was 13 years old when I saw it. 
Uh, it had a massive impact on me. It changed my life in terms of what I wanted to focus my life on, which was film. And I knew that whatever career I had, whatever career I chose, I knew that it had to have something to do with movies. And because I loved movies, but it was Halloween where I realized what a director did. It was a very impactful, very seminal, very important movie in my life. And um, the sequels, I think they all suck. Halloween 2 sucks, except for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which doesn't count because it's not part of the whole Michael Myers mythology. It's a completely batshit crazy movie that has nothing to do with any of the other Halloween movies or the Michael Myers Laurie Strode story. And, and, it's, and it's completely nuts, and I love it. I love Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It's a great, great movie, but it doesn't count. Halloween 2 sucks. Halloween 4, 5, 6, they all suck ass. The reboots, that uh, the, the remakes uh, that Rob Zombie is responsible for, and Rob Zombie being uh, one of the biggest dickheads in the history of anything and one of the worst filmmakers in the history of films, has never made a movie that doesn't completely, absolutely suck. And he, the, his two Halloween movies are awful. Um, and, uh, and then the Halloween H2O is the only other one that I like. Uh, of the actual Michael Myers Halloween movies. It goes Halloween and then Halloween H2O, um, uh, which I really like a lot. And then Halloween Resurrection is shit. And then they rebooted them a few years ago in 2018. David Gordon Green um, rebooted, uh, along with uh, co-writer Danny McBride, they rebooted the Halloween series in 2018, brought Jamie Lee Curtis back, and um, they made Halloween... And then Halloween Kills last year. And now this year, it's Halloween Ends. And I've been, people know me, I've been actively, vocally, uh, very vocal about how much I hate these movies and how much I hate the reboot from 2018 and hated Halloween Kills from last year even more. They're awful. They're shit. So Halloween Ends comes out. Uh, And I was not looking forward to it. Uh, I thought it was going to be a large piece of shit. Uh, considering that every single Halloween movie except for the original Halloween and H2O are all absolutely unnecessary fucking trash, and especially these last uh, two that Danny McBride and, um, and David Gordon Green, the director, put together. But I was shocked to discover that I did not hate Halloween Ends. In fact, I didn't hate it at all. In fact, there are things about it that I really, really liked, uh, and I find it absolutely, without question, the most interesting of the new, you know, trilogy and uh, the best Halloween movie since H2O and the only other one that I didn't despise. I uh, didn't expect this. I went in with the lowest possible expectations. Maybe that helped. But I loved some of the stuff in this movie. Now, ultimately, I don't know if it's worth see if, if it's worth recommending. I kind of recommend it. Uh, but the funny thing is, in this movie, Halloween Ends, everything that has to do with Laurie Strode uh, and Michael Myers, all the actual quote-unquote Halloween movie stuff is all shit. It's all mishandled. It's all insulting. It's all garbage. It's all, again, once again, shitting upon the legacy of the 1978 original. But all the stuff that has nothing to do with Laurie Strode and nothing to do with Michael Myers is all good. So they, intro- they introduced this new character named Corey Cunningham in the movie at the beginning. Uh, and he, at the beginning of the movie... He is babysitting for this little bastard as his parents are going out to a Halloween party on Halloween night. And they go out and, uh, you know, he and the little bastard kid are watching The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. So you get to see a clip from John Carpenter's The Thing in the movie, which, of course, already makes it better than the last two. Uh, and then something happens. The kid ends up dead. A horrible accident. The kid goes flying off, the, uh, off a balcony and he's dead. And the parents think that the babysitter, Corey Cunningham, actually killed the little kid. 
Uh, his name is cleared. Uh, it's obviously traumatized the kid, changed his life, just Corey Cunningham kid. Everybody in Haddonfield thinks that this kid is, he's like the babysitter murderer. So he's the guy who babysat the kid and then fucking killed him. So uh, he's got this reputation as the killer. Uh, he's a babysitter. He's a killer. And then everybody in Haddonfield, uh, you know, is coming down on him. They pressure him. He's got bullies that pick on him, people that hate him. Everybody thinks that this guy, Corey Cunningham, is actually a killer, when in fact it was a horrible accident that really fucked up his entire life. Um, and as a result, he slowly starts to go a little bit mad. He slowly starts to become the evil killer thing that everybody thinks he is, and peer pressure and town pressure and all these bullies and all these horrible things. Uh, so that's the subplot. And, uh, and at some point, in some ridiculous way, uh, Michael Myers comes back and he's living in a sewer. <laughs> Don't ask. He's living in a sewer where a homeless old dude is. And, uh, and, he, and Corey Cunningham meets Michael Myers in the sewer. And Michael Myers, like, grabs him and then, like, looks at him and hypnotizes him or some shit. And then kind of, like, you know, turns him into a killer. And so the Corey Cunningham kid starts actually killing people. And he basically becomes what everyone said he was in the town. You know, he goes from innocent, uh, troubled kid to, yes, actual killer. And he brings Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode's granddaughter along with him in a way they want to burn down Haddonfield. This town is sick. It, it needs to go. We need to restart. We need to kill everybody, burn down Haddonfield, uh, and revolt against all of this pressure and all of this shit and all of these jagoffs in this town um, who have been affected in some way by violence and who breed violence. And that's what the movie's about, except then they bring in all the Halloween stuff. So all of the stuff with Michael Myers, all the stuff with Laurie Strode, it all doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It's shit. And it's as bad, all the stuff with Michael Myers and Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee Curtis is ridiculous in these movies. Ridiculous. Um, and the fact that she's now embraced Laurie Strode when for about 20 years, 25 almost 30 years, she completely distanced herself from horror movies and Laurie Strode, and now suddenly she's running around saying, oh, it's the most important role in my life, and blah, blah, blah. You know why she's saying that? Because she's getting a really big check to say that. The only reason John Carpenter is involved in these movies, he is executive producer credit. Um, he gets to do some new score stuff, and that's something he loves to do. You know, His music career is the most important thing to, for him right now. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, John Carpenter is, has said, blatantly and i have interviewed john carpenter and he said this to me he said i don't care if they remake my movies i don't care how bad the remakes are as long as i get paid at least he's upfront about it and he's honest about it so carpenter doesn't care that these movies all suck he's getting paid he doesn't care that the remake of assault on precinct 13 was a piece of shit he got a very large check for it he doesn't care that they remade the fog as a piece of crap he got paid he once said to me that the thing in, that he'd always wanted to do was to do nothing and make a lot of money to do it. And that's exactly what he's doing now. And he gets the bonus of actually composing new music. So he's having fun. He doesn't give a shit. He knows the movies are terrible, but he gets a big paycheck. Jamie Lee Curtis, on the other hand, is suddenly now saying, oh, yes, Laurie Strode, the most important role of my life. When for years she said, I don't care about horror movies. I can't believe I did them, blah, blah, blah. But she loves it because she's getting paid. So uh, the first one, the second one, uh, they, they are horrible. But this one um, actually feels like a David Gordon Green movie. David Gordon Green, the director of these Halloween movies, actually emerged on the scene in the early 2000s as one of the best and most interesting um, directors around. He made a series of incredible independent movies that were original and weird and thoughtful and awesome 
and great, like really important pieces of American cinema, uh, like George Washington and Undertow and Snow Angels. And, you know, he did a film called Joe with with Nicolas Cage uh, and all the real girls. Uh, this guy emerged in the early 2000s as one of the most important independent American filmmakers ever. Um, and then he, he teams up with Danny McBride, who I don't give a shit what anybody says is not funny. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so he has a friendship with Danny McBride. He, Danny McBride comes up with the bright idea to bring these Halloween movies back. And so they do when David Gordon Green completely has lost any credibility he ever had as a filmmaker. He ended up making Your Highness. He made The Sitter. He directed episodes of Eastbound and Down. Um, and all this other shit that just had nothing to do with how good he was when he came out. Now, this new movie with all the Corey Cunningham uh, stuff. And by the way, the last name is Cunningham for a reason. Because that's also a, a salute to an old Carpenter movie called Christine, where the character's name is Cunningham. And, and in Christine, it's about a kid who transforms into an evil killer because of peer pressure and because of all that stuff. So uh, uh, David Gordon Green is kind of doing a riff on Christine in this new movie. But all that stuff is interesting, and it feels like a David Gordon Green movie. So, um, shockingly, I did not hate Halloween Ends. There are things about it that I really like. And it is the mo- if you're a fan of David Gordon Green's early movies from the, from the early 2000s, I think you'll like this movie. I think you will like this movie. Um, I, I did. I certainly did. Very much. In, in spots. Uh, so, uh, it, it, it's the only movie of the three Halloween uh, uh, reboot movies that feels like an actual David Gordon Green movie back when he was a good filmmaker. And I was shocked by that. And it, it, this movie has pissed off a lot of people. The Halloween fans hate it. Uh, they didn't quite know what to make of it. They're like, how can you introduce a new character in the final chapter of this, of this series? Well, because the new character is the most interesting thing in the movie. And the new character is the most David Gordon Green-like character in any of the movies. Uh, and this kid, Rowan Campbell is his name. Rowan Campbell. Um, he's one of the Hardy Boys in the new Hardy Boys reboot, I guess. So he's one of the Hardy Boys. I'd never really seen him before, and I really liked him in this movie. Um, and uh, so, again, the whole new character, this kid who was a babysitter and now mistaken as a killer and because of peer pressure and pressure from the town and all that stuff, he begins killing. And another reason why people don't like this movie is because uh, Michael Myers is only responsible for – Michael Myers is, is responsible for less than a third of the murders in this movie. So Michael Myers isn't really the killer. For the majority of the movie, Michael Myers doesn't do any of the killing. He just kind of assists on a couple. And, and it's this kid, this Corey Cunningham, is like the killer in it. And he at one point grabs Michael Myers' mask, wears it. So it's not even Michael Myers. It's, a, it's this kid in a Michael Myers mask killing people. So, and, you know, and so all of the murders in this movie, for the most part, are done by a kid. And they're not Michael Myers. Michael Myers spends most of the movie in a sewer, hanging out with an old homeless dude. Uh, and he's hypnotizing people. And then the only time Michael Myers really shows up is during the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie when the big climax and the big confrontation between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers happens. And that's the worst shit in the movie. Again, insulting to the memory of the 1978 movie and doesn't work at all. So all of the shit between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers is awful, consistently bad, as it has been in Halloween Kills and the reboot from 2018. All of that shit is awful and insulting to the memory of the original Halloween movie. So anytime Laurie Strode is on screen, it's pretty ridiculous. Anytime Michael Myers and Laurie Strode come together, especially in the last 15 minutes, the climax is awful. It stinks on ice. The last 15 minutes of this movie is ridiculous. The final outcome is 
laughably awful shit garbage crap. Garbage crap. And the way they handle the Michael Myers-Laurie Strode stuff is laughably awful. But the stuff with the, with the Corey Cunningham character leading up to it is really interesting. Has a lot of the same themes as the David Gordon Green movies. It reminded me a lot of his movie Undertow um, and a lot of his movie Snow Angels. So if you're a David Gordon Green fan from back in the day when he was making really cool, really interesting independent American films in the early 2000s, then there are, uh, there's a lot of that in this movie, and that's why it's the best of the three. But people are hating it, and I, I find it hilarious uh, that people are hating this movie so much. Like, they are hating it. And because, you know, Michael Myers is really not in it till the last 15 minutes. And I thought that was hilarious. So I don't know. Uh, I think it's the best of the three, without question. Um, the most interesting Halloween movie since H2O, uh, and certainly the best of all of the shit that has come out, you know, uh, since then. So, uh, but I had to get, I had to get my review and a full review of Halloween, uh, ends and it's making a lot of money. It's made the opening weekend. It made over $40 million while being streamed on Peacock. So millions of people saw it in the theater, you know, uh, millions of people watched it on Peacock and people are going to save it for, you know, cause we still have like a week and a half left before Halloween and, Lots of people will go out. Some people are saving it for Halloween to watch it on Halloween or to watch it or to go see it on Halloween. And I just wanted to give my two cents. Uh, I did not hate it. In fact, there's a bunch of stuff in it that I liked and all of the stuff, but all the stuff that ha- that is Michael Myers and Laurie Strode related is all shit. So all, all of the stuff that people want, you know, the Michael Myers murders and the Laurie Strode revenge, all that stuff, that's all crap. That's all crap. But the subplot with this weird kid who becomes a murderer thanks to the pressure of the town, peer pressure, and bullies. That's interesting. So (laughs) all the stuff that everybody hates in this movie is the stuff that I liked. So there you go. Um, But that is, apparently it's over. Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it is, I think, I also think it's hilarious that you introduce a brand new character (laughs) when when the movies are going to end. I I don't know. I don't know. So anyway. Uh, I just wanted to give a full review. I've been getting a lot of like uh, feedback and some emails and stuff from people saying, hey, give us a full review of Halloween Ends because um, Eric and Steve, who joined me every other week to review movies, Halloween Ends came out on an off week for us. Like we did not get to review it together. So I thought I'd give you my full, complete uh, review here on the Spooktacular. I knew that I'd have some extra time uh, to give the full detailed review on why I actually didn't hate and kind of liked Halloween Ends. Um, and if you, uh, hey, listen, if you have feedback, I know you probably hated it. I don't give a shit. I mean, I know you probably hated it. And, I, and, and for good reason, I can understand why you hate it. I can understand why people are pissed off. I think it's hilarious that uh, David Gordon Green decided to piss people off with the last movie. I think it's clever and hilarious, and I like that. But if you want to leave your thoughts on Halloween Ends, that's my full review. I wanted to give it to you here on the official Halloween Nick D. Spooktacular. Uh, but you can leave your voicemail message at 773-417-6948. Drop an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm sure you hated Halloween Ends, and that's cool. That, you know, that's fine. The more people that hate these Halloween reboots, they won't make them anymore. And they should have never fucking made them in the first place, to be quite, to be quite honest with you. You know when Halloween should have ended? 1978. That's when it should have ended. So, anyway, wanted to give you the full detailed r- r- review of Halloween Ends, why I didn't hate it. And uh, now we'll continue on. We'll talk about more uh, other Halloween movies and scary stuff. And uh, we want to kick off uh, the uh, Halloween Spooktacular. Esmeralda's going to join me. We're going to have a little fun here. 
And if you want to join us, uh, you know, with your thoughts, what are your favorite horror movies, your favorite Halloween costumes, your favorite things about Halloween, scariest movies you've ever seen, uh, leave those on the voicemail message, too, because we still have uh, a couple of episodes that are going to be Halloween-related and scary-related. So give us your thoughts, your favorite scary movies, if you saw Halloween Ends. If you saw, what are your, what's your favorite scary movie of all time? Leave a voicemail or an email to us, uh, and we will share them right here on, uh, on the uh, program. All right. So, uh, yes, and remember to rate and review us on every platform and listen to all of the unbelievable great podcasts that are offered here at RadioMisfits.com. Let's uh, make it official. Uh, oh, wait. Hi. hi, I'm Carrie Russell, I know. and I, I know. love Take it easy. Nick's show. Take it easy. Esmeralda's going to be here in just a second. All right. Uh, we'll get all spooky for the rest of the episode here on a spooktacular version of the Nick T podcast. So I say congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jaggle. Esmeralda, yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esma, I'm talking about that Esma, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, get yourself some Esma. Love me some asthma, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine don't miss it and don't forget to wear your masks the clock is ticking it's almost time Nice. Hi, Esmeralda. <laughs> Hello. I'm amazed that nobody has done like some kind of remix of that theme. You know, I bet it's out there somewhere. Uh, but it's you know what it's based on um, the 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 whole story behind it. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace is the writer director of Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, and he is uh, mm-hmm. a very old friend of John Carpenter's. His uh, 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 you know a, a production designer, film editor, a guy that worked on all his movies. They were in a band. They've been in a band together, the Coupe Devilles. Um, John Carpenter and, and Tommy Lee Wallace, and and Carpenter helped write the script for Season of the Witch, but took no mm-hmm. credit. Uh, but it was his idea, like Tommy Lee Wallace's idea, to do uh, to do the theme, and it's um, it's based on God da, 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 uh, London Bridge. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Okay. And the reason why he did that is because, like, 
uh, he didn't he. He, he didn't want to pay for anything, and, that, and London Bridge is falling down as public domain. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was public domain. So, like, Carpenter was like, yeah, go ahead. And so he was like, okay, dan, 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 Halloween. And it's London Bridge, so they didn't have to pay any rights because it's because it is. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, that's why you know, I can play. That's why work I can play. within your budget. Right. Exactly. And that's why I can play it here because I, you know, I got the okay from the boss because I'm like, it's London Bridge. It's public. <laughs> It's public domain. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. So that's how they did it. They ended up with that theme because of London Bridge. They were too cheap to actually write. <laughs> to write. They had a budget that was so low. They were like, no, no, you can't do it. Just do London Bridge. So, but yeah, I think there are. There's got to be remakes. It's become you know the movies become like a cult classic now, um, right? And yeah, you know, there's got to be some like dance remake. Got to be that you will hear at some point. Well, you know who we should get to do it is we should get Skaggs to do it. It's like do a remix of this song, please. Thank and you. And he'll have it. And he'll have it done in fifteen <laughs> minutes. Speaking of skags, yeah! uh oh, yeah, man, oh yeah, yeah, Wait. yeah, man, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as Jason is coming to town for our live podcast event. That is so exciting. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I can't. I can't wait. <laughs> Um, so if you're a regular listener to this podcast, thank you, first of all. We thank you. Uh, and second of all, you know that every theme, a lot of the goofy stuff that you hear, like, you know, like this. Yeah, man! That's, that's Jason Skaggs. Uh, the theme, Esmeralda's theme, uh, the opening theme to the show, the congratulations theme, all the themes for our regular guests, um, a lot of the jingles, a lot of the, a lot of the goofy shit that we ask um, to to um, oh, like it's my oldest law firm. That's all Jason Skaggs. And when I told Jason that we were going to be doing a live, you know, a version of the podcast at Zany's in Rosemont on Tuesday, November fifteenth at seven thirty, he's like, maybe I'll fly out. And he did. He booked a hotel. He's, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be sta- <laughs> he's staying at a hotel. Like, he, actually, he's staying at the hotel where we used to do Flashback Weekend before we moved to the Hyatt. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's staying there, which is walking distance from from the Zanies, and he's bringing his guitar and a couple of sound things, and he's going to be live on. He's basically like, he's he's like uh, when we're up on stage there, Esmeralda. He's basically going to be mm-hmm. our he's going to be our Questlove. You know nice. what I mean? Like he's going to be. Yeah, our, he's gonna is, be it's going to be so fun. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so it'll be cool. So he's flying in for this one night. He's just he's like I got to be there. I got to be there. So you'll hear. A live version of the Esmeralda theme, a live version of our of, of the Nick D show theme, and all that stuff. So, uh, as part of all the craziness that's happening at the Zanies in Rosemont on Tuesday, November fifteenth, seven thirty, it all starts. Um, and uh, you can call the box office at eight four seven eight one three zero four eight four. Get your tickets now. You can go to the website rosemont.zanies.com. Let's pack the place. We're gonna have a great time. Uh, you and I are gonna have fun up there and uh, tell some great stories. Uh, oh yeah. And, my dad's going to come up and tell a joke, and he my, and he's going to play my dad's joke theme live. So the jokey, jokey thing, he'll do a live version of that. Nice. <laughs> and uh, my dad's going to come up and tell jokes. And I have confirmed, and I don't want to give it away, but I, as I, I sent you a, uh, a text. It mm-hmm. is official. It's confirmed. We have our big surprise guest. Very um, good. And this person, <laughs> this person is cool, uh, total badass, a spectacular guest, incredibly entertaining. And I'm going to be dropping hints on social media and, and here as to who it might be. And mm-hmm. uh, just little hints. I'm not going to say who it is. You won't find out who it is until you actually show up 
at Zanies in Rosemont on November 15th, uh, Tuesday at 730. That's when you'll find out who this guest is. But this guest can be described as a patriot, if you will. Oh. That's my first hint. So, But mm. trust me, this is a great guest, very entertaining, and you will love this person. And I guarantee you that you and me and this person on stage together, it's going to be spectacularly uh, very entertaining and very cool. Um, badass. So that's all I'm saying. Um, but uh, <laughs> I should I, I should play this real quick. Hey, everybody going to tell you what's going on November 15th. That's a Tuesday up at Rosemont talking about Zanies. It still makes me laugh every time. <laughs> and again, Esmeralda, the, the tickets are very sexy. We, yes. we are not. We are no. not. No. <laughs> uh, so it's get your sexy ass tickets. Anyway, uh, please do. Surprise guest. That is uh, very awesome. This person could be considered a patriot. Uh, Jason live with all of, the, uh, all of the music live. My dad coming up on stage. Me, you, uh, Esmeralda on stage uh, interacting with the audience. Oh, I got some really cool prizes to give away. We have gift cards from Apt Electronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give away. They were kind enough to give us some stuff. And George over at Gale Street Inn, the greatest restaurant on the planet. We've got gift cards for that, too. So we'll do a little trivia and have some fun. So it's cool. going to be a great night. It's yeah. going to be a great night. So please come out. Tuesday, November 15th, 7.30. Zanies in Rosemont, 847-813-0484 for your tickets. The website is uh, rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. Reserve them now so that uh, we can pack the place. So uh, so this is officially the spooktacular, Esmeralda. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I oh. love Nick's show. Oh, she's got a Michael Myers mask on. Hi, I'm Carrie oh. Russell, and I love Nick's show. And she's coming towards me. Wait a minute. Oh, oh no. Watch oh, out. Jesus Christ. Oh, 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 no. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Yeah, all right, Nick's Carrie, show. you're acting a little crazy. I'm going to have to... She loves the show so much. She loves it. She's going to kill me. Yeah, she got um, way too into it there. <laughs> I saw Psycho again uh, the other night at the Logan on the big screen. Um, nice. And it was fantastic. And the theater was like three quarters full. Um, and it was it was just great. I have to say that I've been really kind of annoyed with the audiences at the Music Box lately. Mm-hmm. Um, because they seem to be like um, like smarmy hipsters. Um, okay. Like they're twenty something, thirty something uh, hipsters who, who, I guess it's a thing in that neighborhood to show up at the music box and act like really snarky towards movies and then laugh very ironically during movies. Okay. Um, and it pisses me off. Like I at the at the screening of um, Roger Corman's version of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's Mask of the Red Death, which is an amazing movie uh, with Vincent Price. There was a lot of like he 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 and snickering and lots of big. Like, I'm smarter than you, I'm better than this movie laughter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the movie was made in the 60s, and there, were, there was a lot of, like, it was made on a low budget, so there's a lot of sort of cheap techniques in it, and some of the acting is over the top and stylized. And people are like, ha, ha, ha. And it's like this very snarky, smart-ass, Wrigleyville, hipster, asshole laughter. 
And I've noticed yeah. that, I noticed that that's a thing happening at the music box a lot. Like a lot of people in their 20s and 30s show up there and think that they're better than the movie and that it's it's really hip and that they're going to be snarky and they're going to make comments and laugh their ass off at movies and then go over to the four farthings or whatever the fuck the place is or the or the, <laughs> you know or go over to tunes and hang out at tunes. It's just a little, you know, it's another snarky little hipster Wrigleyville thing to do. Uh, and it drives me crazy because it's like it happens every time I go to a movie there. There's there's always a bunch of hipsters who think that they're cinephiles and they're really smart when, in fact, they're dipshits and they just laugh at shit because they think it's ironic. You know, they grew up watching MS, you know, the Mystery Science Theater, and they think that that's what you're supposed right. to do. And they're not. You're supposed to, like, shut the fuck up and watch the movie. And I don't know what it is, but I went to see Psycho the other night at the Logan Mm-hmm. Three quarters full. The theater was very, very full. Not one ironic piece of laughter. There was no, <laughs> there was no hipster Wrigleyville asshole like I'm smarter, I'm hipper than you kind of laughter. The people just shut the fuck up. They laughed a little bit at the end when so you've seen Psycho, right, Marla? Yes. Yeah, and at the end they have this uh, character, a psychiatrist, come out and basically explain. You know, like what? What's wrong? There's like a five minute scene where the psychiatrist explains what's wrong with Norman. That you know, he's not a yeah, transvestite. Yeah. He's got his mother's personality. Blah blah blah. He's schizophrenic, and that's the only time when the audience kind of laughed because the whole transvestite thing. Now, when you hear that, because that movie came out in 1960, so to hear somebody right. talk about transvestites, a little weird now. And that's the only time during the entire movie, and that's a solid two hour movie where anybody did any hipster. I'm smarter than you. Laughter. And I guarantee you, had that screening take place at the music box, a bunch of jag-off Wrigleyville 20-something, 30-something hipsters would have laughed like they were smarter than the material. And it just pisses me off. So, anyway. I wanted to stab people. It would have been in tune with Halloween. I think it would have been fine. Exactly. And it would have been like (laughs) a... Yeah, that's right. Okay. Like, it's part of the show. Yeah, just me being pissed off at you 20-something hipster jag-offs. You know, like uh, then they and I remember I'll never forget this. Uh, you know, like I've been I, I just overhear certain things where people have conversations and I and I like hipsters. You know, like go into the music box because you know uh, it's it's a like I said it's a stop off before you go to the bar and have a bunch of Jaeger bombs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now it's a hipster thing to do. And I and and like I remember uh, at the seventy millimeter film festival, I went out front uh, between movies and it was right after they had shown two thousand one. In 70 millimeter, which is an amazing mm-hmm. thing to see, you know, to see 2001 Space Odyssey on the big screen in 70 millimeter. That's a special thing, you know. So we're in between movies and I go out front under the marquee. We're standing in front of the music box and, and there's a whole bunch of people out there just milling around. And like most of them are like 20, 20 something, 30 something. And there's a group of 20 something people who had ju- we had just got out in the movie and, and they were having their conversations. They were like, hey, you know, and they're smoking, you know, they're vaping and smoke doing whatever the fucking hipsters do. And um, one of one of the guys goes, "Yeah, I'll tell you something though. That monkey shit made no fucking sense." <laughs> and that sums up everything. You know what I mean? That just sums up everything. It's like that's the crowd wow. that goes to the music boxes. That mm-hmm. monkey shit made no fucking sense. Is what somebody said about the first twenty minutes of two thousand one. That monkey shit. I mean, what? So, and that to me sums up the prevailing attitude by a lot of the hipsters that go to the music box. And it's like, shut the fuck up, quit laughing and not, you know, I I want somebody who introduces a movie. Like if I ever introduce a movie at the music box, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, if you laugh ironically at this, I'm going to personally punch you in the mouth. (laughs) 
Anyway, there was I will no be going around. I punch each of you in the mouth. Um, but no, there was no ironic hipster laughter during Psycho at the Logan the other night, and it was a goddamn joy. <laughs> so, hmm. Anyway, uh, so you've seen Psycho? Do you remember the first time you saw Psycho? Because that's kind of a memorable movie for horror. Uh, the first, well, funny enough, the first time I saw Psycho was when they were they were doing a deal. So my brother used to. Uh, have a box that could steal pay-per-view of course yeah. <laughs> yep. so um i remember watching psycho when they did this deal when the remake came out oh so it was they were going to show the original psycho and then they were going to show the remake mm-hmm. back to back it was oh, a pay-per-view okay. deal so yeah. that's how i that's how i saw psycho uh both of them <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, what did you? What, well, first of all, fuck the remake. And and I'm a. I happen to be a, a, a huge fan of most of Gus Van Sant's movies. Mm-hmm. But there's no excuse for that. That was just. And for people who might not know, he did like a frame for frame remake. Yeah, I. Almost a frame for frame. He added. There's some really stuff. like, especially when you watch the original and then you watch that one, you're just oh. like, I don't like yeah. why. No. Why. <laughs> And don't don't fuck with Psycho. I mean, it's, it's literally one of the greatest horror films ever made, and made by one of the greatest directors in the history of film. And don't mess with it, you know. And I love Gus Van Sant. And I remember when it came out, I was like, well, "What are you doing, man?" But uh, now, so when you saw Psycho, did it? Did, were you freaked out a little bit at all? Was it was it freaky? Um, not really, because I knew all the tricks and things. Like I had watched stuff. They told me, um, I forget, they used chocolate syrup, I believe, for the they blood. They did. Hers- Hershey syrup for the, yeah. For the blood. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, when you watch the scene where he's stabbing, like, they do it in a way that, like, they never even, like, get close yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it kind of, sadly, all those, like, those shows where they, they recap movies yeah. and things and yeah. kind of ruins the illusion, but... well. Yeah, uh, no, still, I mean the movie the movie's still 60, fun to watch. It's 60 years old, you know what I mean? It's over 60 years old. So it's and, and it, obviously it's a classic and mm-hmm. and it's and it's been analyzed ad nauseum. You know what I mean? So because it's classic. So if if people come around and watch it now, it's like, okay, well yes, obviously the shower scene, but there's so much more than the shower scene. To me, the shower scene's not the scariest kill in the movie. For me, it's Martin Balsam when when Arbogast gets killed. Um when he goes up the stairs to the mother's room and mm-hmm. then she comes out in the overhead shot. And stabs him, and then he falls down the stairs with the close-up of him. As he, yeah, that, as is, he falls that is pretty cool. That's the, sca- the way me, that that's they, the they pull that one off. Yeah, that and the and the last scene where where the where uh, Vera Miles is in the cellar in the basement, and she touches the body, and it turns around. You see that it's like her dead body that's been, you know, that he's <laughs> yeah, <been> keeping. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like, and then you see Norman come in with the wig and the dress on. That's the and then light and the. The, the single light bulb is, is swinging back and forth. That's the scare. That's scary shit. That is some scary shit. And it's still effective. I mean, I saw it the other night, and I was like, ugh. And you know who makes a cameo in that movie <laughs> with no lines? Who's that? As a cop at the very end. He's the cop. So these two cops at the very end of the movie, after the psychiatrist gives his big spiel about transvestitism and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, a cop comes in and says, um, Norman wants a blanket. He's a little cold. Can I give him a blanket? And they said, yes, go ahead and give him a blanket. And then the camera follows the cop with the blanket mm-hmm. to the room where they, where they're keeping Norman Bates. 
and he brings the blanket into the room. And the cop who unlocks the door and opens it for him, because it's the one cop's got the blanket, the other cop opens the door for the blanket cop. Mm-hmm. The guy who opens the door is goddamn Ted Knight from Mary Tyler Moore and Caddyshack. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see why they didn't give him any lines. He's got, I, no, yeah, yeah. I was like, hmm, you want a blanket? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Are you cold, Norman Bates? Hmm? That would, <laughs> would you like that a would, fresca? I think would have thrown people off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is an important news story. Hmm? So, um, yeah, so that's him. And, and, um, and people in the, at the Logan, like there was only one person who recognized him. Mm-hmm. And they went <laughs> and started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the crowd didn't know about it, didn't know about it. Like, for instance, I went to go see, uh, and I wish the people who introduced the movie would have, would have uh, said this, because if I introduced the movie, I would have said this. There was this movie called The Car. I, I, you, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking oh, about Oh, yeah, this yeah, you said, yeah. And I went to the music box to see it, and it was a nice big crowd. There were a couple hundred people for this goddamn movie. Nice. <laughs> this ridiculous devil-possessed movie, which we talked about, and you looked up, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last episode. And so I went and then they introduced the movie and they were like, hey, and they gave away some, you know, they do trivia before the movie and they give away DVDs and stuff. And so it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't give a few of the facts about the movie. And one of the facts is that uh, there is a woman in the movie who plays like uh, she's like a, not the principal, but like the assistant principal at this school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one of the main characters is a teacher at the school and she's like attractive. And so. This woman, like the assistant principal, brings this picture that one of her students, a kid, like 12, 13 years old, drew of her, and she was naked. Like he pictured the, the, the teacher <laughs> naked. So yeah. It's, it's a picture of her with her butt, you know, like a naked butt by the blackboard. So it's like, and so the teacher thinks it's funny. She's like, oh, it's funny. He, you know, he's a, he's a, sure, lady. He's a little, he's a little, this is 70s Esmeralda, 77. It's okay. At isn't that, that time, cute? it was, <laughs> isn't it cute? Naked drawing of me. <laughs> right, exactly. And in 1977, that was cute. So, uh, so um, the the assistant prince, the t- the woman brings it up to her. She's like, I can't believe this. Blah blah blah. This kid, you know, and she's like, oh, and the teacher's like, oh, he's fine. It's no big deal. But the woman who brings the uh, the drawing to her mm-hmm. um, is the woman who's on the cover of the Super Tramp album, Breakfast in America. Oh, do you know the album Breakfast in America? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you you should Google it right now. The the, the and, and to just to check out the image. Um, so the woman on the cover of Breakfast, she's like a waitress, but she's posing as the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. on the cover of the 1979 masterpiece, I think, album, uh, Breakfast in America by Supertramp. And again, we talked about Supertramp a few episodes ago about how, how people hate them. Remember we were talking about Oh, right. <laughs> They're not, no one likes them. Nobody likes them except <laughs> me. But, uh, but this was a huge album and the woman on the cover... She's she plays the um, oppressive assistant principal in the car. Nice. And I would have pointed that out had I introduced the movie, so that when she showed up, people would have like, "Oh, it's the woman from the cover of the Supertramp album." So anyway, useless knowledge that I have in my head, Esmeralda, for <laughs> no reason whatsoever. The, okay, now we talked about what movies like freaked you out, and what was the one that your your oh, was a Friday the Thirteenth movie that your brother made you watch. No, right. he didn't make me watch it. That was Pet Cemetery. Oh, oh right, Pet Cemetery. He, said it <laughs> he was also a didn't. He didn't make me watch Pet Cemetery, but he kind of tricked me. <laughs> right, because he said it was a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a comedy. And then not. just brains hanging out and yeah. 
<laughs> is there and and uh, is, is there any movie or, or or movie that like stays with you that like freaked you out like uh, uh, really like sort of maybe sort of any movies that traumatized you when you were younger? Um, or even I would older? say the 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 uh, uh, Final Destination movies. Oh, okay. Just because to me the idea that death is coming for you because it is. <laughs> Yeah, at some point, sure. It is technically coming for us all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that, like, it's calculated and this and that, like, that freaked me out. And then just, I understand, like, Final Destination, the the deaths just get weirder and weirder and, like, crazier. But, like, these things can happen. Like, you'll watch the news and you'll be like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. so-and-so, this and that. And then they fell and then, oh, no. And then they well, died. It's, it's, it's like, funny oh. because... They had they speaking of the music box because all month they've been doing the music box of horrors, mm-hmm. um, and this weekend, in fact, as we record this, this weekend, in fact, is the full twenty four hour marathon where it's back oh to back my. to back to back to back to back twenty four hours of movies, nonstop horror movies being shown, and they have vendors in the lobby. It's a big celebration they do it every year, mm-hmm. but this yeah. year they they've been spreading it out where every single night they're showing at least one horror movie in the big screen. Um, and it's been crazy and, um, but yeah, so, so, you know, they've been showing a lot of like crazy stuff, but would they kick this whole thing off Esmeralda with all five of the final destination movies at, back to back to back at night they did a whole Oof. marathon? No, thank you. <laughs> there's just something. Yeah. There's something it's, I think too, because there's not, it's not a tangible, like it's a man that's coming to kill you. Yeah. No, no, no. This is the thing that literally exists in life, that death will come to get you. Well. And it it does not discriminate. <laughs> you're not the only one who's fascinated by them because people love those movies. They love Ugh. people love them. And they were and, the, the, you know, that marathon where they showed all the final destinations. It was packed. It was packed. Um, Good for I'm not, them. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of those movies. I, I, I think they're kind of dumb, but I like this. The, I've mentioned this before. I love the first 10 minutes of the second one. Mm. The first 10 minutes of the second one, if you if you recall, I don't know if you've seen the second one, but the first 10 to no. remind, <laughs> the first 10 minutes of the second one is takes place on a highway, and it is the most unbelievable, destructive, like, massive highway, like, tragedy crashes, like, large pieces of lumber decapitating oh. cops in their car and all kinds of yeah, stuff no, flying off you. the back of a truck and killing. Like, the first 10 minutes of Final Destination 2 is like this massacre on a highway and it's the coolest shit ever um but yeah outside of that i'm not a big fan of those movies yeah now you know i actually um i recently we um we we dove into the list of of movies that i haven't seen okay and one of those movies was bram stoker's dracula the uh francis ford coppola Yes. Uh, version with uh, uh, yes. Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Keanu, my main yes. man Keanu, is, with uh, with Keanu and his yeah. terrible uh, British terrible. accent. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but we essentially found out that uh, I am quite a vampire sympathizer. I mean, I've always been a vampire sympathizer. <laughs> yeah, but it was just funny me watching this movie, like totally rooting on Gary Oldman. <laughs> Winona Ryder's relationship. Yeah, I was like, let them be. You know, it's this is. I don't know how this is. We have not like discussed this in in detail in the past, but 
you and I have very, very when it comes to that kind of like horror horror tropes. Mm-hmm. You and I have very, very strikingly similar tastes because I too am a vampire sympathizer and I too am a zombie sympathizer. Like those are my two, those are my two favorite characters in movies are zombies and vampires in yeah. horror movies i my two favorite kinds of horror movies are vampire movies and zombie movies those mm-hmm. are my t- and so you mm-hmm. f- feel the same <laughs> way and like you i also find i find vampires the idea of vampirism the idea of vampires to be really sexy like it's like you 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 live at night you live by night which is sexy and you know you can live forever Mm-hmm. I just find the whole idea of vampirism, and it's all rooted in sexuality. Like when 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 Bram Stoker right. wrote that, it, it, the whole thing there's it's all rooted in sexuality. Um, but they've done some beautiful things in, in movies, like um, like that. Now, have you seen you've seen Near Dark? Um, I think so. It's the va- it's Who's a vampire it? vampire with Lance Hendrickson. It's a vampire western, uh, but it takes place now. Bill Paxton, the late great Bill Paxton, is in it. Oh right! I wasn't. I wasn't nomad as vampire. impressed by that movie. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. It's a really sort of sexy, romantic version of what it's like to be because it's at the at the core, it's a love story. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, but no, no, I I don't blame you for rooting on the vampires. It was just you know? funny because Colin was very much like, but now she's like. She like married this guy. Like, why did she marry Keanu? And then now she's after. And I'm like, let love be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the heart uh, wants what it wants. Now, what did you think of that movie overall? I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I now know the reference from Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> oh God! Where... Another comedy central. Another... the. Yeah, where he's stabbing uh, Lucy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. a little bit they do they do in the in Dracula they do get a little spray, but then right. yeah, in Dracula Dead and Loving It, yeah, it goes well that to no end to me that's the only funny part of that movie is uh, is that is is that yeah whole, pretty much yeah I mean it's a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean but again that's one I that like you watching watched, it but yeah well sure because you watched it on Comedy Central every day that's one of those classics that you watched on Comedy Central oh yes yeah. <laughs> I have my, you know, like um, a flashback weekend. We have to do a, we do a bio mm-hmm. uh, for the website, you know, every, every year where it's like, cause they, they, they show pictures, you know, they say, Hey, here are the local hosts as part mm-hmm. of the website. So I, I had to give them a bio. And then uh, I, I added my top five horror movies, nice. to my bio. So here's my top five. Let's see if you've seen these. Okay. Mm-hmm. These are my top five horror movies. And I want to get your thoughts if you've seen them. Number five, and I'll go from five to one. Number five is uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have not. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I kind of don't want to. <laughs> it sounds really gooey. It's not, it's... though. It's, it's really? really... It's really... I mean, it, it, it is grimy, and it is really an uncomfortable Ugh. movie, but it is not the gore fest that everybody thinks it is. It's a very intense movie. Hmm. Like, I mean, seriously, it's very intense, and I'm going to say you will be fucking spent when it's over. Yeah. But it's not overtly gory. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, there's so much blood. There's really not a lot of blood in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm, okay. um, uh, most of the murders take place off screen or they're not very explicit. There's not like, it's not like they cut off a head and blood goes shooting all over the place. That's not what happens in the movie. Now, right. there's, blo- there's blood in it, and it's a very mm-hmm. dirty, grimy movie. 
Uh, and but that's what people remember. People think, oh god, it's disgusting and it's blood. No, it's just really, really authentically grimy. You know what I mean? It's just you know when you when you see the killer has a chainsaw, right. you're just going to assume that and there's got, just going to be some like and, gooey, yeah, and real he's got, like gory scenes. And he's got the skin of somebody else on his face, right? You know, that's a yeah. that's a that's a kind of giveaway. Um, this, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this: if you ever watch it, and I think you should, because it's a, it's number five on my list of the five best horror movies ever made. Uh, really watch and appreciate the performance of Marilyn Burns. Um, mm-hmm. She is one of the original final girls. You know the tr- the, the horror movie trope, the final girl. Uh, no. Oh, the final girl is like Laurie Strode in Halloween. Um, or Marilyn oh, Burns. Oh, okay. It's the Got girl it. that survives. Everybody else gets killed, mm-hmm. and she's the final girl, and she has to fight the killer. You know, uh, there's 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 one in every slasher movie. There's always the final girl, mm-hmm. and in fact, there's okay. this real a really great documentary called The Final Girls, uh, a horror documentary where they interview all the actresses who have played classic final girls in movies, in movie history. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool documentary. So it's it's a cliche. It's a trope. Um, but right. Mar- Marilyn Burns, I think the greatest final girl in the history of horror movies. Her performance in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is unbelievable. So I would recommend it. Okay. Number four is Phantasm. Which I saw at yes. one of your screenings. Yes. And it's a very crazy movie. A very weird and crazy movie. Um, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's number four. That's a seminal movie for me. It's an important one for me. Uh, number three is Suspiria, the original Suspiria. I cannot watch that based <laughs> on the, what is that? Barbed wire. Yeah, the barbed wire scene. Like yeah. I've seen clips of it and I'm just like, oh no, thank you. If this is what, uh, no, I'm. Yeah. Mm. I, okay, <laughs> listen, uh, it, it, it's number three on my list of the best horror movies ever made, but. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, without mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. question. It's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Mean, yeah. And, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. Ezreal, you would shit your pants. Uh, you oh, would. no thanks. Yeah. So, scariest <laughs> movie of all time. But it's number three on my list of the best horror movies of all time. Number two for me is uh, Dawn of the Dead. The original Dawn of the Dead. Nice. That's number two. And then number one is Halloween. The original Halloween. So, that's... Those are my top five. You've seen the. Uh, you've obviously seen Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Um, so those are my top five: Halloween, Dawn of the Dead, Suspiria, Phantasm, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So very those good. Are, those are my top five, and I would recommend uh, anybody uh, see those movies. And you've seen. Uh, well, you won't see Suspiria because that'll you'll be traumatized. No, thank that. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because that'll you... stick. That'll stay in my brain. That'll no, be it, in my brain. I won't be able to sleep. <laughs> no, seriously, Esmeralda, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Uh, uh, I still think it's scary, and I've seen it 80 million times. And there are still sequences in that movie where I'm like, la, la. I still get freaked out. And I've seen it 90,000 times. Mm, the, mm, I, mm. First time I saw it, I was 12, and I saw it in the giant theater. It was in 70 millimeters, the State Lake, with superphonic Dolby four-track system, crazy sound that they had blasting, and I mm-hmm. was fucking traumatized by it. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's Italian. It's Italian horror, yeah. which like they're yeah. known to like they don't mess around. No, they do not. <laughs> directed by uh, no, thank d- you. Directed by the d- directed by the Italian maestro, as far as I'm concerned, Dario Argento, uh, the craziest motherfucker in the Italian genre subgenre ever. 
<laughs> so, yeah. And I love the remake. I think the remake's great. Um, it's completely different, but uh, but I love the remake. So I don't know, mm. but it would freak you out. So uh, I don't know. Hey, uh, d- d- are you looking forward to? Uh, are you doing anything for Halloween this year? You, you going to get dressed up? Uh, and go no, out? I'll, I'll be in Iceland. Oh, that's right. You're going to a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wedding is the day uh, the day after, but uh, yeah, wonder, I'll be wonder... I'll be in Iceland. I don't. Th- they don't really. Um, the last time I was in Iceland was around this time, but I was in Dublin for Halloween. And no one really there as you would see here and there, but like no one was really doing like all out I can't, uh, Halloween costume. I can't, honest to God, I can't imagine uh, uh, the Irish celebrating or giving a shit about Halloween. I can't. Have yeah. Again. Yeah. I think I, I remember like we saw some people, but it wasn't anything like, oh, it's not it's nothing like here. Yeah. Nothing at all like here. No, people people love Halloween here and um but it'll be interesting to see. You gotta let me know if there were any Halloween celebrations in Iceland. I'm fascinated by that. You gotta yeah, let me know. Yeah, I'll have to I feel like they're pretty um they're I'm I'm not gonna say like they separate themselves, but I feel like they don't take on too many Western um traditions and things like that. Yeah. They're kind of they try to be their own people. Uh, there is a bar though called America Bar. <laughs> What's so, that like? It's I don't know. I didn't go in. I oh, don't okay. need to. <laughs> okay. It's like oh, I'm from there. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you you should. I I would be. But I feel to like they what... might. Maybe they'll do something considering I, they I, are America Bar. I would be interested to see what their version of America is, though. You know what I mean. Like yeah. What the, what their interpretation of that would be like? What if you were if you were Icelandic and you came here and there was a bar called Iceland? Wouldn't you want to go in and find out <laughs> what we thought <laughs> Iceland? I was? mean, I imagine it's a bunch of American flags, cowboy hats, uh, <laughs> and burgers, <laughs> and and pictures it's of essentially Kard- the pictures of Kardashians all over the. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the the overall idea yeah. of what they think Americans are. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I just let me know. I'm just, I'm very curious to see you know what you notice, uh, uh, what Halloween is like in Iceland. Definitely, when you get yeah. back, uh, the episode yeah, yeah. the episode we record when you get back, I can't wait to hear what uh, Halloween was like in Iceland. Um, did you have a favorite costume when you were a kid? Do you remember costumes that you uh, that you dressed up as when you were a kid? Did you have a favorite costume? Um, I really had to kind of like my parents would buy me costumes but not every year so I kind of had to like improvise (laughs) a few years Uh, I was a witch for a few years because I had the hat I had the hat and like a some kind of dress thing that came with whatever it was for your nose did you have a carrot for your nose I did not know I think I, I painted myself green one year but um that's as far as it went. Yeah. Um, I remember having one of those uh, fire hazard costumes, which was the mask and then the smock, that plastic smock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, those were those were very popular when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, where you'd have, you'd have like the, 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 the just the plastic thing that you'd tie around your, it would go around your neck like a bib and then you would tie it. And, and it just had, it was like a picture of a costume. On a, on a yes, piece of pretty much, essentially. And then you I had, had one of those. The plastic mask with the rubber band that you would, yeah, with the, with the eye holes that were always too small. Oh yeah, 
uh, complete breathing choking hazard. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those um, were classic. But I had. Uh, what's that? Those were classic. Those, those, those that, that. Oh whole, yeah, no. In everyone and everyone, everyone had one. Oh my god. Everyone had one. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine was of a, and I don't even know if I watched this show or if I just thought I'm like that's pretty. Um, it was a uh, lady lovely locks. Which was this movie. It was a show about this girl with like long hair. And she just, for some reason, like animals would like hang out in her hair. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) She had a dog with like, with equally long hair. (laughs) Like equally like gorgeous hair and like little ponytails. I, yeah, I, no, I don't I, remember exactly what she did or, or what the deal was, but yeah. I just she had the long hair like that was her big thing, the hair, and then there was just like animals in it. <laughs> okay, that's just weird. <laughs> that's just weird. I, I like, don't know what that see is. little animals just like hanging out in her hair. Was it was it a was that a popular? Did the other kids were the other kids jealous of you as that? No person? clue. No clue. I remember being in <laughs> this was in kindergarten. Okay. Um, I was in kindergarten, <laughs> and then where I trick-or-treated was literally around – we used to live in Bolingbrook in a townhouse, uh, and it was, like, one of those kind where, like, all the houses are connected. So then the middle was, like, this just little park uh, baseball field. Mm-hmm. So I just went to the houses. My brother just took me around to the houses in that little – in our little section. Because I'm in kindergarten. Like, what do I know? Yeah, yeah. You're five. <laughs> five years old when yeah. you Wait a minute! Exactly. I didn't know you. I didn't know you lived in Bolingbrook. You lived in Bolingbrook. Yeah, we lived in Bolingbrook for. Um, well, they lived there like way before I, I got there. <laughs> yeah, and then we moved like probably a year or two later to Joliet. Uh, f- yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were born and bred Joliet. Uh no 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 no. Oh, so okay, you were born in you were born in Bolingbrook. You spent the first five or so. Well, years I was of- I was born in Hinsdale. <laughs> At the, um, which is always people I tell them, uh, it's Hinsdale Hospital and Sanitarium. (laughs) (laughs) That That explains explains a lot. That explains a lot. That is what um, my birth certificate says. I I think they no longer have the sanitarium bit in there, but... Oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't know. So when you were living in Bolingbrook, do you have any memories of old Chicago? Do you remember uh, old Chicago? No, I think it was that we didn't. We have, um, my brother went. We have pictures of him okay. as a kid okay. going, but we never. I think probably by the time that I was old enough to like even realize it was gone, what things were, it was yeah. gone. Yeah, I think, or they just didn't. Bo- they were, you were like, born nah. in eighty three, right? You're born in eighty three. Yes. Yeah, closed in eighty three. Oh, okay, 80, so yeah, or eighty four. It was right around that time. You were, I mean, yeah. by the t- by, it was on its la- by the time you were born, it was on its last legs. That yeah. was a- my brother. My brother did get to go to yeah. encounter it. We have pictures of him uh, in old if, Chicago. If you ever want to see, I've t- I think I've, I think we've talked about this before. If you ever want to see, because old Chicago is is forever documented on film. In Brian De Palma's movie, The Fury, 
Mm. Um, if you've ever, it's a great horror movie, by the way. If you're looking for something to watch, no. there um, we go. Uh, look it up. It's uh, it's called The Fury. It's with Kirk Douglas and Amy Irving and Andrew Stevens and John Cassavetes, and it was Brian De Palma, the director's follow up to Carrie. Mm. Um, and Carrie's one of the scariest one of the scariest movies of all time. Um, and it too is about telekinetic teenagers. And oh. it was shot here Telekinetic in Telekinetic teenagers at old Chicago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm not kidding. There's, a, there's an entire sequence that takes place at old Chicago. Oh, uh, goodness. Where the guys are on the parachute. These, these guys dressed up like Arabs are on a parachute ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Stevens sees them, and he thinks they're evil because uh, it, it, Kirk Douglas was his dad, and at the beginning of the movie, he's, he's killed by Arab terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so he sees these guys who are dressed as Arabs, and so he doesn't like them. So he makes the bolts unscrew on the on the on the parachute ride in Old Chicago, and they go flying across the across Old Chicago and smash and, and die as they smash the parachute ride into the ho- uh, into the haunted house at Old Chicago. Oh Lord! Oh no, you got you got to <laughs> see it. You got yeah, you have to see it. And that movie came out in 1977, and that was at the height of the popularity of Old Chicago. And I used to go there. My parents used to take me there all the time. Nice. And so I remember seeing that movie like losing my mind. Because it was like, oh my god, that's old Chicago, you know, and it was in a movie. Um, so yeah, if you ever want to see old Chicago, uh, just it is forever in the movie world. Check out the Fury with Kirk Douglas, a horror movie. <laughs> I didn't know you were you lived in Bolingbroke. That's fantastic. Yeah, I lived there for just a year or two. And, so, and you were born in a sanitarium. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you I mentioned- think I was I was born sanitarium sanitarium adjacent. Right. <laughs> sanitarium adjacent yeah yeah i don't i don't think i was born in the actual sanitarium sanitarium adjacent was my was my uh, my morning zoo name sanitarium adjacent yeah um so oh hey by the way i forgot i we have a special uh megaphone message esmeralda Ooh, yes now, exciting as you know, uh, I have this crazy megaphone, and if you're mm-hmm. a regular listener, you know that I am. I take requests. If you want to hear a message specifically for you or by you, told through the magic megaphone, well, you can get your magic megaphone message uh, recorded, and I will play it back. Uh, leave your you, whatever you want me to say into the magic megaphone. You can hear it on an episode. Uh, just send me what you want me to say. For a, a megaphone message to nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Beth uh, sent me a, um, a, a, a request. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And I won't mm-hmm. explain it, but it's kind of Halloween related. Okay. So it's kind of a Halloween themed. Beth, one of our listeners, uh, said, could you please uh, make this a megaphone message? So here we go. Nice. Uh-oh. I believe I need an exorcist. So, I need an exorcist. So I don't. I, I, Uh-oh. I believe I need an exorcist. So this person. Uh-oh. All right. I believe yeah. I need an exorcist. All right. All right. So that. So that. That's what she needs an exorcist. Evidently, Beth needs an exorcist. I like. I mean, that makes that's totally Halloween. I like how you're like. It kind of makes sense for Halloween. Oh no! Completely. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh oh. Yeah. I believe yeah. I need an exorcist. So this person needs an exorcist. Uh-oh. Yeah, all right. I believe. All right. Jesus Christ. I, I also, uh, I like that the person acknowledges that they need an exorcist. Yeah. 
<laughs> just like uh-oh. most people most people who need an exorcist don't like really acknowledge it somebody else has to go get the exorcist and go I right because usually it's the devil that is now taken exactly. over so you're possessed you don't know you don't know what's going on so the devil does not want an exorcist that's right the devil would be like nope no exorcist here leave us alone right <laughs> um so you mentioned that you dressed up as a witch i i have here and yeah. i sent this to you yeah the top 19 costumes for 2022, according to CNN. CNN, I guess, did a poll or they did a study and they wrote a bunch of stories and stuff. And they've got the top mm-hmm. 19 costumes, Halloween costumes, for uh, 2022 for Halloween this year. And, I'm lo- and, and in looking at the list, uh, a bunch of them are, cl- are, are, are old standbys, wouldn't you say? Like classics. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some costumes that just... They never go away. Yeah. I mean, look at... Okay, we, we can go down. Let's start at 19 and move and, and go up. Okay, Azarella? Okay. Number 19 is, is Batman. Yeah. I mean, so, Batman's what? Since the 60s? Well, before that. But, but 60s, the TV well, even show. Even before that. So there yeah. you go. So yeah. um, <laughs> timeless. Timeless. So Batman's number 19. Number 18 is Angel. That's a popular one. The cool mm-hmm. little kids yeah. little, put a little halo on. Um, and again, all of these can be altered for slutty, if you want to be. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah, you just throw you put slutty on at the at the beginning, works completely. Sexy, sexy Batman, sexy angel. Yeah, they all work. No, but they have they do that all the time. It's like it's like um, it's whatever it is like sexy or slutty costume. Mm-hmm. Just add it. So you, if you want to be an angel, okay, that's great. Little kids would be an angel, but you can also be a whore angel. If you would like. <laughs> All right. How about doll? Uh, and I'm assuming that that's like you're supposed to be like like a cupie doll or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like the Raggedy Ann doll type yeah. of situation. You got the yeah. little red cheeks. Did you ever dress up as a doll when you were a kid? Uh, I did not. Okay. No doll. Number 16, speaking of dolls, Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> no Chucky. No, no Chucky? Chucky here. Um, but I have seen sexy Chuckies. There are sexy like, Chuckies. There are sexy grown Chuckies. Grown women. Yeah. Yeah. With, I mean, it's their, not hard. It's 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 Chucky with boobs is what it is. You push your tits right. up. Right. You know, that's. It's a little, you know, you wear a little like overall outfit kind of situation. And yeah. yeah. Striped shirt, red hair. Striped shirt, done. push up the tits, overalls, and you're sick. And you just need a knife. Done. Right. Have done. you seen have you seen the uh the bit from last season on SNL where uh Sarah Sherman played Chucky? Uh no. Oh god. Look. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an HR it's a it's a joke about an HR meeting at, at work at an office. Yeah. An HR meeting with Chucky. You need to you need to see you need to see it. And it's okay. it's it's Sarah Sherman, the incredible Sarah Sherman who is just kicking massive amounts of ass uh in her now her second season. But this was from last season, and she played Chucky. So you, you should Google that. SNL Chucky HR. <laughs> Just, and and uh, you can see Sarah Sherman dressed up like Chucky, and it's pretty spectacular. So um, we'll get number 15, Esmeralda. I'm a little confused by this one. Uh, what do you – what's so you, the question? I like guess what? what? <laughs> you dress up like a pumpkin, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just wear, I mean, you can go all out and wear like a, like some kind of thing that's been made. Can you that would put make candles? you like can a put, literal pumpkin. 
candles up your ass or anything? Or <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, if that's if you're not moving too much, I guess because I think walking would be. An I have issue. no idea why. Why I, why I mean, you would think of a candle in your mouth. I immediately went for the ass. I have no idea why. Yeah. I... Well, you know. Um, I think to this is more for children, right? Little kids, like I've little seen pumpkin. little kids, yeah. exactly. Oh, look at my little pumpkin ass. Ah, shut up. They make little uh, babies. Yeah. Wear those usually. Yeah. Now, number fourteen is Hocus Pocus. I'm assuming that's the movie, the Bette Midler. I get, yeah, yeah. The Bette Midler, who is it? Kathy Najimy, and who the hell is he? Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, Sir, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, inexplicably, that movie's popular. Um, um, I think it's a more it's a nostalgia thing for a lot of people because they just they like just they, did the sequel. I've not seen it. They just released the sequel, and I mean, you couldn't pay me to watch this. The first one was fucking terrible. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I saw the first. It's one. Terrible! It's terrible. And I've just I've always been like over the past like few years, I'm like, what, what, there's a resurgence in popularity with that movie. Yeah, I think that's mainly it's mainly a nostalgia thing. Yeah, for millennials. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I mean, I didn't kids. see it. Yeah. But right. yeah, it, people are freaking out over it. 13 just says the 1980s. So anything <laughs> 80s, I guess. I like that that's just a constant. The 80s. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Okay. It's very, very, very broad. I mean, it, yeah, it could be. Does that mean. Got like, it. I mean, are there. Do people still uh, dress up like Madonna with the little. Uh, with the brassiere and the half shirt and the little. And all yeah, the, I'm sure. And, and all the bracelets and stuff. Do they still do that? Yeah, people probably just do generic versions of like. Yeah. Quote unquote 80s fashion. That's a look I wish would like come back for real is like the 80s Madonna with the bracelets and the bra. You know, I, that's a. Yeah. That's a, that's a look I wish would sure. come back. I don't know. I like that look very much because I like Madonna. Uh, number 12, there you go, Esmeralda. You and I are happy about this one, right? Well, I don't like that it's so low on the list. <laughs> oh, I see. You want it higher. I got gotcha. you. I would think it'd be, it'd be higher, but I guess that, not. That would be Vampire <laughs> is what we're talking about. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's an, again, a classic. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Number 11, a classic, Clown. You could be Scary mm-hmm. Clown or, or uh, well, all clowns are scary, aren't they? Yeah, they pretty much. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Harley Quinn. Hmm. Which, yeah, uh, I could. There's been a resurgence because of the movies and stuff. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's always she's always been around, but only like hardcore mm-hmm. comic book fans knew who she was because I had no idea who she exactly. was until a few years ago. I had yeah. no idea. Um, like I, I remember. And a friend that you getting, can go ahead. No, I, was, I said I remember a friend getting mad at me in a bar because I said I don't know what Harley Quinn is. And he was like, <laughs> "The fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm like, I... "And you can go, you can go a few ways with that because you can do the." The ones in the movies, you can do Comic. the ones in the in the yeah. comics where she's wearing like a whole, <laughs> essentially like clown looking yeah type of uh, now, situation. And again, that's sexy. That that that's a, another one that falls under the sexy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the sexy woman thing. But I, I, you know, I've seen you know over the years of me doing flashback convention and going to other conventions, Harley mm-hmm. Quinn is like chicks dress up like Harley Quinn. There are there are like. 50 Harley Quinns just walking around at conventions at any given moment. Oh, yeah, for sure. Very popular. Number nine, Cowboy. A woman mm, be mm-hmm. a cowboy. Very um, easy. Yep. Number eight, cheerleader. cheerleader. Yeah. Uh, number That eight, one, too, I think, is a, is a very uh, 
Across the Times. Yeah. These are all these a lot of these are timeless. Number number seven, yeah. really high on the list. Number seven, rabbit. Why is that? Yeah. Well, because you can do sexy rabbit. You just get yeah. some ears. <laughs> you draw some whiskers. Yeah. Done. Done and done. <laughs> and push your tits up is the is, yep. is yep. Uh, number six, pirate. Yeah, goes, same you ever thing. You ever go as a pirate? You put a, put uh, a no. Put an no. eye patch on. <laughs> Did not. Never. Okay. Never have. And again, eye patch. Put your push your tits up. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All of these, by the way, I think we could just say that for all of them, you just push your tits up. And yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> all right, fairy. So uh, that's uh, fairy is sort of like uh, so you get the you get the wand right you get a wand yeah or you also you can do wings right that's always fun you got wings right and push your tits up number yeah. four Stranger Things in in quotes so I guess any any character from Stranger Things is number right. four obviously popular yeah yeah I mean people do the What's her name? Seven, eleven, eleven, eleven. What's her? <laughs> eleven, seven, eleven, whatever. Seven, Slurpee. eleven. Slurpee. Her name know. is Slurpee. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> so that's number four. Number three, dinosaur. I love those T Rex mm-hmm. costumes. The the oh the, yeah, uh, the, where people are running around with the head flopping around. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? The, oh yeah, the, the big like rubber T Rex costumes that people. I love those. Uh, number two, Spider Man. Oh, of course. I'm amazed that Batman, I think maybe because Batman's a little hard, not harder to do, but. But there are different kinds of Batman. And I think. There's, yeah, there's, there's and there's like one Spider-Man costume, really. Yeah, well, there's three just, technically, according to the geeks, but. Uh, but, you yeah. know, it's just a whatever, what, jumpsuit? Yeah. What do you call that? <laughs> yeah, uh, tights, basically. There you go. A full just head-to-toe situation. And push your tits up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then witch, number one. So you of had to, you, as yeah. a kid. And I guess you that's know. timeless, too. Oh, yeah, completely. So that's number one. So the number one costume this year, according to CNN, is, the, is witch. So the top five costumes are witch, Spider-Man, dinosaur, Stranger Things, and fairy. Mm-hmm. Any of those appeal to you, Esmeralda? I mean, you know, which, again, go back to my childhood days. I'm yeah. sure, you know what? I bet you that damn witch hat is somewhere in my parents' house. <laughs> really? Probably. My mom saves everything. You need to wear it in Iceland. I sh- yeah. You should wear it, wear it to the wedding. Wear it to the wedding. Wear it to the wedding. Oh man! Yeah, that'll that'll go over well. Real well, <laughs> uh, and, and you also need to walk around having this played while you're in Iceland. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they'd love me there. They would. They would love you. <laughs> now, now, Esmeralda, as you know, uh, many, many, many years ago, my mm-hmm. old partner Gary Lee Wright. When I was on with Gary Lee Wright, we started together back yes. in 1998, mm-hmm. and we were together until around 2005 ish. So we were together for about six, seven years. Nice. Uh, and one of our Good first room. Halloween shows that we did, Gary stopped at a truck stop on mm-hmm. the way home. He was going somewhere, and he, was, he stopped at a truck stop, and he bought a CD of scary Halloween sounds just yes. on a whim, you know, an impulse purchase at the cash register. Of course. <laughs> and it was like a dollar fifty nine, And we got so many – we got so much mileage out of that thing. And it was possibly – the cheapest and worst sound effects CD of all time. 
Yeah. Um, well, you know, gas station. Gas yeah. station find. And, and we looked it up and we tried and, and there was no labels. There were like 79 tracks on it, but there were no labels. So we listened to every one of them on the air and labeled them and named them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I normally I would have that CD and I could have recorded it. But when uh, the assholes at that radio station packed up my shit of which I could not go to my office to get myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they fired me, they packed up all my shit in my office and then shipped it to me as opposed to me going there and getting it myself. <sighs> yeah. Uh, anyway, as they as that happened, uh, some of the stuff didn't make it to my house. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that didn't make it to the, my house that was actually my property that was in my office uh, was this CD. And so I've been trying to find it. It's very difficult to find. And one of the reasons why I wanted to find it, Esmeralda, was because we had mm-hmm. a we got a lot of mileage out of the guy screaming. Oh, yeah. He did, too. Whoever <laughs> did that scream? If they were getting paid per the minute, uh, yeah. per the second. So, so I was trying to, so I, I, I found some screams. So I want to okay. pl- play some screams for you, Esmeralda. We will never replicate, and I could not find that actual scream from the scary sound CD mm-hmm. that is lost somewhere. Maybe it's at the car wash somewhere. I don't know. Maybe right. somebody else has it now at the car wash. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but anyway, um, it's, it, it's, it's lost. Uh, and it was a very weird, we played it every year, and it got such a huge response. And it went mm-hmm. on forever. It was a guy just, ah, yeah. ah, and then multiple, remember a whole bunch of, ah, ah. Oh, yeah. And then it's like he... <laughs> He, like, his friends rolled in. Right, <laughs> right. So I found some screams. You tell me what you think of some of these screams, okay? Now, we're okay. never, we're never going to replace, we're never going to be able to replace cheap, scary sound CD screaming dude, okay? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I've been getting requests from people. I've been getting emails like, hey, you're doing Halloween stuff. Where's the screaming guy? Oh, shit, I forgot to load up on uh, Count Farchula. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, let me see if I can do this. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me hold on. Let me see. Here. All right. Look into my eyes. There we go. All right. I was able to. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. All right. There he is. Open the coffin. Let me out. All right. So anyway, I got him. But are you ready for some screams? Yes. All right. Let's find out. I, I now. I some of these are marked. Some of them really aren't. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight screams. Okay. And so you let me know which ones you think are. Let's judge them. Okay. Yes. Yes. And yes. again, this this will never. So we can be, find the new one. He will not be. He, he can't be replaced. The original screaming buddy and his friends. But l- here we go. You ready for this one? Yes. Here we go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A little too what is Michael Jackson like? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Chumbone. He's gonna he's gonna say that next, right? Yeah, we need. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that one. Okay, so no on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go no, no thanks. Okay. This one is marked falling. So all So that's, that's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. It, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like he's falling until the very end, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, he's I mean? still very close. So. <laughs> okay, that was not bad. Okay, that was not bad. That might Better have been he- like you're still following him, 
and then right. like you stop at a certain point. Just let and he go. continues to fall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's better than this. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, how about this one? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, mm, yeah. Uh, this one is no. This one is labeled <laughs> one word. Scream what? Scream what? Mm. What? <laughs> yeah, that. Mm. What? I not think very that's, spooky. No, it's not. Although I think we should play that when someone says something ridiculous or unbelievable. Right. You know what I mean? Like when somebody says, like if we say something that you can't believe how stupid I am, you could just go. What? Yeah, I think that works more for that than uh, yeah. like spooky scary. All right. So we'll hold on to that one. Uh, okay, here's the next one. Ah! Okay. That's a good one. That's just, you know, your basic. That's all right. He doesn't sound very scared. (laughs) Like, he Ah! just sounds like he's just yelling. Like, he's just pretend. They were like, be scared and yell. Ah! Like, that's. (laughs) Still better than this. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know. What is this? What? (laughs) I don't even know what that. And that was under, like, horror. Like, that's supposed to be the scare. I was looking under, you know, like, scary sounds. Yeah. All right. And that's, All right, right. that's what they, mm, well. Male, this is, this, this one is labeled male yell. All right. Ready? Oh, okay. <laughs> M-A-L-E. Like, like post office. I was like, No, what? M-A-L-E, male yell. Okay, here we go. Ah! Jesus. Oh. What, what, was what happened at the end? I think he hit something. Jesus Christ. Oh. I like that. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Open the coffin. Okay, here's the next one, okay? I like this one with this with... I like that. <laughs> something something really horrible happens to him at the end there though. Okay. Here, yeah, here's the next one. He doesn't one. yeah, he stops screaming. He stops what the f- <laughs> um yeah that one's that one's not bad it's not, it it uh it sounds a little it sounds a little more natural actually like of someone being like scared like they got spooked i mean yeah that one sounds like you scared somebody and that was their reaction okay so yeah, I could see that. Okay, that's a good one. Here we go. Okay, that one just sounds like the the one with the with the slam at the end without the slam. <laughs> yeah, and also with the uh uh uh, uh a lot of uh, uh ah! yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the echo, a lot of echo on it. Yes. All right. This is the last one. Mm-hmm. Ah! Well, that's classic, right? Yeah, that one actually sounds kind of close to the the, one, does. the original scream that it we does, had. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Let's. I think this is. I think this is the closest. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that one, or that one, or the second one. The second one that we the, wait. This. <laughs> 
Yes. That one. Yeah. I like the, the last one. This is the best one. Yeah. I like yeah, this one. That's the one. <laughs> I think that's my favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. And then there's... I still don't know what... <laughs> I mean, they just saw a spider that they right. weren't expecting whatsoever. Like, that's what... What? What? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess this is the one, right? Let's see. He's the closest. Yeah. I think okay. that's out of this group. Yeah. That is the winner. That's the closest. Okay. But I still like this one. <laughs> if it, you know what? That one would be good if it had a bit of a variation in the scream as, <laughs> as they fell or whatever they were doing. <laughs> you know. Right, we still have that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and this. What? And, uh... And... Okay, so there there we go. All right. I think we found it. I think this is it. There it is. All right. Well, we can never replace the actual guy, but we've we've got some... I guess we have some stuff here that we can... We can I, I think I'm going to play this one all night. Ah! That's the one thing I want to think is the one so anyway. that one's pretty good all right all right we still have more creepy celebrities that we'll get to the next time that we uh that we talk mm-hmm. and i think the next time we talk we'll do some halloween candy uh by the way uh marnie sure and i on the last uh, episode taste tested some stuff and the brock's tailgate with hot dog hamburger uh oh, flavor right. candy corn uh yeah it's, it's 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 you remember the thanksgiving candy corn that we did mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. very similar it's pretty it's pretty gross of course they probably just repurposed yeah <laughs> yeah they just because they're all kind of in the yeah yeah they're all in, in the same like year yeah. you know what i yeah. mean like thanksgiving tailgating it's kind of right. around the same same time. thing whatever so all right well, listen, uh, Ezreal, that we know. So, so you'll be celebrating Halloween, and, uh, and you're just jamming. Yeah. So, all right. I listen well, to the, that every day. <laughs> well, that's kind of the regular spooktacular. We still have a couple of episodes uh, left before uh, Halloween, and we will finish up the creepy uh, celebrities and and some of the other stuff too. But I wanted to jump in and get some of this major stuff done. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, see. Gotcha. Okay. What are you gonna now say? I keep expecting like the boop. <laughs> okay. Well, here. Ah! <laughs> there you go. Because the scream, there's something about it that like yeah. naturally my head like moves yeah. as if I'm following right. the person down, and then I'm waiting for the. It's kind of you know like when you hear a car crash. Like you hear the the screech of the brakes, and then you wait for and, the boom, yeah. And then you wait, and you're like, oh, oh, it's okay. And then okay. you end up you end up with this, <laughs> right? Right. All right. But usually you hear the ah, <laughs> this. <laughs> there you go. All yes. Right. <laughs> All right. As for rules, uh, and uh, by the way, if you want to be a part of the podcast, voicemail seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight again. Uh, any kind of email or a, a megaphone message that you want requested, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and Jason Skaggs, thank you, buddy. And uh, rate and review us on every platform. 
If you want to uh, advertise with us, sales at radiomisfits.com. And uh, the next episode, Dan Feinberg will join us for uh, uh, some uh, TV talk and some Halloween uh, uh, programming that we'll, uh, we'll Ooh, talk about as well. Yes. So there you go. Esmeralda, I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You rule. There, uh, there we go. Some Halloween spooktacular for you. And uh, we'll be back again uh, for the next episode of the Nick D Podcast, Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.